Back up, please. Hello and welcome to Indicast episode number 76. I'm your host Aditya and along with me Abhishek. Hello everybody. So I'm pretty much uh, sure that we have surprised our listeners by releasing three episodes in three weeks. Absolutely. Gone are the times when we would do one episode in one and a half months. Hopefully we'll be a little more punctual this time. Well, yes. Anyways, we're talking about bulls and bears. I'm going to do this in a very traditional media type thing, okay? Uh-huh. Talking about bulls and bears, lately, what's happening to the cats and dogs? Apparently, the financial crisis has hit the dogs and pets and, you know, all other sorts of uh, domestic animals as well. Because New York City's main animal shelter has been getting a lot of calls from people asking them to take their pets over from them. People apparently don't have enough money to support their families, which, you know, I suppose is their first priority, and rightly so, that they are willing to give up their pets. And obviously, let me tell you, pets is a very big thing, giving up a pet. It's like people people don't care as much about their kids, probably, you know, uh-huh. as they do about their pets. But, you know, it's, it's a little hard to believe. When I read this statement from one of the pet owners who had to give away his cat, he said, we had our first foreclosure case in July. Foreclosure is basically you've defaulted so many times. You've defaulted enough number of times that now you have to give your house away. Now, yeah, I don't understand if you don't have enough money to pay your house rent or buy a morning cup of coffee without your credit card. Why would you keep a pet? I mean, I understand you must be a a dog freak or you like to have somebody around all the time, but live within your means. I think that's what the Americans didn't do this time. Well, it's probably because the pet is also on some loan, probably. Maybe, maybe, seriously. But blame it on the investment bankers this time. Yes. All of this. And I'm just surprised as to the repercussions that this crisis is having now. You know, everything seems to be falling down. You know, on a serious note, we've spoken about the housing problem. I read a very good article on Time the other day. Look, how did this all happen where people don't have enough money to feed their pets? You see, let's assume uh, I am in the US. I don't earn enough. Let's say I've got 100 rupees of my own money, hard-earned money. Uh, let's call that my own capital. Financial jargon. And then I want to buy this plush house somewhere in Arizona. I hope Arizona is a up-class city. I don't no, know much about not. this. It's not. <laughs> Beverly Hills, okay. Uh, okay. Huh? To Beverly Hills. I don't think you can afford. Somewhere in the middle, whatever it is. I mean, let's let's say I want a want a house which costs me a good amount. Let's say 35 times more, which means 3,500 rupees. And let's say I take a loan of 3,500 rupees to buy myself a cool house there. Okay. So basically, I've taken a loan thinking that in one year's time, my house hai, uska value at least eight taka se badega, at least one percent appreciation, because that's how the American market was rising, which is like 35 rupees. Of 3500. Now imagine this. My own net worth is 100 rupees. Uske upar mere ko 35 rupees ka profit mil raha hai. So basically my profit percentage is 35% on my own capital. But, but let's assume we have a bad day at the office and the asset that is my house, uska value 2% se gir jata hai. So basically 2% of 3500 is what? 70 rupees. Mera own hard earned money was 100 rupees. So basically I'm almost bankrupt. My net worth is completely zero. So now replace that common man in the US with the likes of Lehman Brothers and Goldman Sachs who did this. 
That's what happened in the U.S. Not only the common man, the big companies, the dogs, pets, everyone's taking a toll. And on a lighter note, there is a there is a joke. You know, what's the difference between an investment banker and a large pizza? A large pizza can at least feed a family of four. <laughs> I hope that was genuine. No, it was. There have been so many investment banking jokes going around. Yeah. And, and if you own own stock, it's not funny. Yeah, it's not. Anyways, moving from that story to back home in India, the parliament apparently isn't doing its job. Uh, tell me something that is terribly exciting or new. No, we knew that they weren't doing the job, but this time they aren't even meeting up in Delhi. In this year, the parliament has met only for 37 days. Ah, they must be working from home, man. Come on, don't do that. Ah, <laughs> that might be a problem. Yes. I don't think so. But let me give you some statistics, okay? In 1956, Lok Sabha met for a record 151 days. That is almost like half year they were in the parliament. I mean, they have always been meeting for over 100 days. That is three months they spent in the parliament doing official work. Yeah, and I but, think they had decided in 2007 that minimum number of times that we should be meeting in 2008 is 100. Yeah, that is what uh, had happened. But the decline actually started happening in 1999 when they only had about 51 sittings. And now basically it has come down to 37, which is, which is less than a month. And uh, people are saying that it is due to changing house composition. And by that, political analysts are saying because 125 MPs in the present Lok Sabha have criminal backgrounds. Ooh. Yeah, so it's it's not really something that uh, they look forward to, attending Lok Sabha session. Yeah, but you know, as a taxpayer, I'm not very happy because parliament one day? There is something. One day is 1.23 crores. And one day is only six hours working. And out of the 37 days that you mentioned that they have worked, some 66 hours have been wasted due to interruptions. You know, those pelting yeah, popcorns walk and walkouts and throwing their chairs, etc. Few lakh of rupees have been wasted just because of that. And that's the taxpayer's money. Yeah, and we see all these ad campaigns going around that if you and all those things. I think it certainly makes sense, doesn't it? That's a good ad by Tata, I think, where there's a young lad, he, he comes in outside a theater and early morning, he thrusts a cup of tea in everybody's face and says, and nobody gets it. So in the end, he says, if you're not voting, then you must be sleeping. And that's why I'm getting you this cup of tea. And that's, I, that's a yeah, good ad. I think it's a brilliant ad. And I, I think they've also started petitioning it online. you got to go to jagore.com. Mm. Or uh, yeah, jagore.in, either of the two. Just Google it up and you will find. It's a pretty neat site. You know, talking about this political scenario and what is going on right now in Bombay, with the Raj uh, Thakari thing happening. I think those sort of things are getting a lot of traction now. It, it's all about showmanship. You've got Raj Thakari on Mumbai Mirror talking to Shobade and that, that gets more mileage than the Pune Commonwealth Games, which is shown somewhere on page 19, maybe. Since you have already brought that up, it was on my agenda. The Pune Commonwealth Youth Games mm -hmm. happened in the last week and India was top in the medals tally out there. 76 medals for India followed by Australia which is 65. Fair gap between the two. Commonwealth Games basically is where all the former colonies of British Empire come together and say let's play. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the Commonwealth ka mascot was a tiger with a cap yes. waving to the crowd and its name was G-I-R-R. And Wikipedia has this very beautiful explanation of the logo. G-I-R-R is phonetically similar to Jigar, which in Hindi means courage. 
And also since you have the tiger next to it, G-I-R-R also translates into grrr. So <laughs> I don't know who the copywriter would have been. Three o'clock in the morning with 15 shots of vodka, I would have said, let's just pass this on to Suresh Kalmari, who's the IOC yeah, head. Let's just pass it anyways, they go attend the parliament session. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So apparently a lot of money was spent on this particular event. The figure I have heard is around 3,000 crores were invested in organizing this particular event. No, that's almost and $700 million. Yeah, that's a lot of money I thought for, you know, youth games. And I think it's a build up to 2010 Commonwealth in Delhi. That's right, that's right. I think this was just a test bed to show that India can arrange something like this. I'm not sure if they were competent enough to arrange because I read that in one of the hotels where the Jamaicans were put up, they had to flee the hotel because there were too many rats in it. Oh, really? Yes. And the CEO of the whole event, Mike Hooper, had to come down here just to get these elementary things right. Oh, my God. I mean, it was a success, but there were these minor incidents here and there which, which didn't help. I think that always happens when when you are arranging an event of this proportion, this magnitude. Right. But the Jamaicans just went, ah, that's food. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just eat, man. No, but I, I don't know if you checked out the closing ceremony. The entire Bollywood clan was out there for the for the closing ceremony. Ah, uh, now we know where the 3,000 crore went there. Exactly. That is what I was thinking when I was watching that. You know, Shilpa Shetty was there, Vitik Roshan, Ashwara Rai, Sukhvinder Singh. Uh, I don't know how he managed to get in. All these guys were there and I was just thinking that can't we do anything apart from Bollywood? Is that what we really want to project ourselves as? Is that the only thing? Because after seeing the Chinese Olympic ceremonies, etc., you know, you sort of start thinking a bit differently about these ceremonies. All you see is Salman dancing on, do you want a partner, rape partner and all those things. It was, it was bad and, uh, you know, Vipasha Basu was dancing on it and all those things. So, but we are talking about it, apparently it must have worked. No, it's not. We are talking about it in a bad way, right? Hmm. At least I am. <laughs> anyway, since we are on talking about sports, let's talk about Sachin scoring 12,000 test runs. Yes, Sachin Tendulkar, finally, after playing 150 matches, for more than 18 years, I think, he's managed to break Brian Lara's record of, I don't know how much, but he did. 11,000 and some change. That's right. Yeah, and you know what, I've, I've got an anecdote that's going to crack you up. This, huh. was, this was when Sachin would have been 22, and we had managed to get ourselves a ticket for an exhibition match in Dadoji Kondiv Stadium. Dadoji Kondiv Stadium in Thane, yes. Yeah. Where the pitch and the outfield are of the same color. So no, <laughs> no grass around. And Mahavi Sachin was scoring. Vinod Kamli was also part of that team, so it was back those days. And Sachin scored some 90 runs in some 30 balls. So he was hammering all the bowlers. And then right in the middle of it, you see a kid run on the ground. There are three constables with their lathis running behind him. And another two coming from two other sides. The whole crowd erupts. Sachin Tendulkar, he's laughing. The game is stopped and he banda, you know how a midfielder dodges the defense of the other team with their football skills. And finally makes it to Sachin Tendulkar as he's batting. Sachin hugs him and then directs him to run on the other end. So there are three more constables joining. So there are eight constables on the field and there's a small kid and he's dodging them all and everyone's having a great, great time. It's quite a story for that kid when he grows up. Awesome. Unfortunately, I, I don't have any such memories. Oh, come on. You must but, be kidding me. You has, actually meant Sachin Tendulkar, yeah. didn't you? I have never seen him score live. Mm. You know? Whenever I have been for matches, he has gotten out in 20s or 30s or something like that. Let's move on to someone else who made India proud. And this time, 
he is from india the man booker prize was awarded to adiga arvind adiga and i think you stressed on the word that this time he is from india because indians have a knack to talk about nris as if they were their own salman yeah, exactly. kalpana chawla there so many other people when somebody out there with an indian origin does something indians like to talk about it on the front pages when they have nothing to do with india right i mean that happened again recently there was this article again on the front page of times of india hmm. saying that india and us is um, having some naval exercise conducting some naval exercises somewhere near uh, you know karnataka and the headline read curry flavor on us naval ship Uh-huh. there was this just one guy one indian origin ka banda who was on the us ka navy ship and he made it to the times of india front page <laughs> so you are absolutely right we have this nasty tendency of giving credit for you know anybody who is from uh, who has you know the minutest element of indianness in his chromosome Oh that's nicely put my dear friend thank you it happens <laughs> yes and talking about the minutest element we also have a guy called neel kashkari he is the guy who has been uh, deputed to oversee the 700 billion dollar bailout plan by hank paulson so he's his father was a kashmiri and neel kashkari has never been to india but his name was there on the front pages of indian newspaper saying that a desi is to rescue the wall street who grew ah. that that <laughs> those were the headlines and he grew up in okay. ohio i'm pretty sure he can he can say namaste in hindi uh, that doesn't matter so long as his name matches with uh, a joshi or an adiga or a kashkari exactly so tell me about this man booker prize man booker prize is given to the best novelist of uh, that particular year among all the commonwealth nations okay you have a cash prize of 50000 pounds and uh, of course it also helps you increase your sales definitely that's an important thing after this story came out i saw his book at least with about 5 or 6 people easy otherwise nobody even knew about who this adiga guy was yeah that's what happened with uh, arundhati roy's god of small things nobody understood that book i haven't but suddenly when she got that award i think she had won a booker prize or a pulitzer prize one of the two no, it, it was a, it was a booker yeah uh, so suddenly people started reading the book and when you ask those people how do you like it as it's beautiful i mean i loved it and when you ask them what's it all about summary it's difficult to put that book in one sentence so nobody actually got it but she won herself an award and maybe one good sales cycle you know what you can do this for any of the prize winning books in india hmm. you should just say it's about rural india Ah, that's what this one is all about as well. Right? I believe yes, it's about exactly. a guy who who comes up the hard way from becoming a chauffeur to a rich guy, something like a Scarface, 1983 of Al Pacino, the Indian oh. version. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? Oh yes. Okay, so from that, let's move on to something that uh, is very interesting and that something UN is doing. First of all, did you know that 2008 has been declared as the International Year of Sanitation by UN? Oh, I think we should declare every year in India or every day as a year of sanitation because, boy, you go to hotels, everything is pick and span, and then when you go to the loo, the restroom, the bathroom, the toilet, whatever it is that you call it, it, it looks as if it's from another era altogether. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to judge a restaurant. The way they maintain their uh, loo. Yeah. To judge the food, you taste the pickle. To judge the hygiene, you you go to the loo. Yeah. But anyways, moving ahead, UN declared October fifteenth to be as the Global Hand Wash Day. And you know, this is UNICEF who is carrying out this program. They are sort of saying that it's not just enough to wash your hands with water, but you got to do it with a soap. They say that. 
washing hands with the soap reduces diarrheal diseases by about 30% and other respiratory diseases by about uh, 40%, which are the primary causes of child death in India. Yes, waterborne diseases, but how are they going to implement this? I heard that in Chennai, there was a big battalion of about 53,000 schools who will be participating in this. So it's just that during these very good initiatives, certain emails should be sent to the principals of all colleges so that people know that something like this is happening. Right, what they are actually doing is they are going, they have, you know, identified these places that require this education and they are actually going to the schools and educating people on soap. They are distributing free soaps given by Procter & Gamble, you know, celebrities are endorsing it and they are helping out. Sachin is a brand ambassador for India, is a global brand ambassador for India. Yuraj is, is like the local guy. Um, the Bollywood has also gotten involved with this. So I think it's a pretty good initiative given the statistics that it throws out, you know. Yep, I mean, it's more than 30 countries with countries like Colombia, Peru, 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 how is it pronounced? Peru, 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 yes. Mexico, Madagascar, South Africa and all these countries. So, yep, it is. Yep. The, the statistics given out by UNICEF also include 120 million children in, across five continents are expected to participate in the campaign. Hmm. That's a massive, massive drive, I would say. No, and they also, not only these statistics, they've also tried to convert them into man days lost if you do not use soap. The economic loss to India is about 1,200 crores and about 180 crore man days are lost. Hmm. Due to people reporting sick at work, basically. Uh, now it makes even more sense, right? When you put a rupee figure to it or a dollar value to it. Absolutely. Yeah, well, uh, moving on. I thought this is a very interesting story. Ratan Tata has donated about 50 million to Cornell University. That is, he's an alumnus of that university. And the 50 million is basically going to be used for, you know, giving out scholarship to Indian students. Hmm. 25 Indian and undergrad and graduate students will be getting scholarships as well as 25 million will be basically used to set up a Tata Cornell initiative in the field of agriculture and nutrition. I think the last time I had heard a figure like that was when Vinod Khosla donated about 5 million to IIT. 50 million is a lot and I think they'll probably name the, the agriculture college after Tata or something like that. that because I remember uh, Bill Gates donating 46 million dollars to CMU and then they named their computer science department after them. That's about it that we had on our, as our major topics, we have been all over the place in this particular episode. We have been getting a few interesting comments, but we would like some more. The website name is www.theindicars.com. That's about it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.